Good evening and welcome to another episode of the Sons of Anarchy UK podcast. My name is Tim Coyd and every week I pull together some of the best and greatest fans of Sons of Anarchy in the UK. We get together, we have a lot of fun, we have a good chat about one of the characters in the series. Tonight, though, with it being our first series finale, it's not just one character, it's two. It's a double bill, a special edition, just for you, and our panel <laughs> are brilliant. Our panel are the, the, the UK originals of, of Sons of Anarchy. They are Wendy. Hello. Lee. Hiya. And Holly. Good evening. Fantastic to have you all back again. And See, who, who, knew, who thought it would go so quickly? Episode 6 already. They've just zoomed by. Madness. Literally yeah. zoomed. Hashtag. Yeah, exactly. Give us a, yeah. Give us a, give us a free um, free month. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so we, we currently, you know, we are in lockdown. We are meeting via Zoom on a, on a Wednesday evening. We come together, we talk about Sons of Anarchy, and we have a great time. Uh, if you would like to be part of the panel get in touch you can come and join us be one of the uk originals you'll have to fight holly for the sergeant at arms role or the president (laughs) i think definitely holly qualifies as sergeant at arms at the minute she's the very very much the feisty one of the group she's the one that cracks the whip I'm the fire sign of the group. I'm sorry, all of you. Uh, I'm not the only Leo, am I? We all are. No. Leo here. Loving that. Fab. So um, if you if you fancy coming on and talking about Sons of Anarchy, drop us a note at our email, soaukpodcast at gmail.com, or you can find us on Twitter at soaukpodcast. Okay, so tonight, like we said, we've got a fantastic double bill for you. The first person that we are discussing tonight is President of San Bernardino Charter of Sons of Anarchy, mm-hmm. Les Packer. Uh, we got this family thing in Folsom tomorrow. I thought I'd stop by and get a little FaceTime with Mother. What's going on? Morning visit from the Hitler Youth. Let's get everyone to the table. I thought she cleaned up that neo-Nazi problem a while back. We did. I hope you're here to talk about the Irish details. I am, but uh, it's not the details you want. Charter voted down the gun deal. It's too much heat right now. I know you went out on a limb to get us that offer. I wanted to tell you face to face. That's a big problem for us. I get that. Sorry. I pushed for it. Table said no. So let's let's talk about Les Packer. So Les Packer is played by Robert Patrick. People of a certain age, like me, straight away yeah. see Liquid Terminator. Yeah. Liquid Terminator. <laughs> official name. Liquid Terminator is his uh, his that. official name. And interesting, do you recognise the other big 80s sci-fi star no. in Sons of Anarchy, Series 7? You're going to tell me one of the ones from Blade Runners in it or something, aren't you? One of the other presidents, but I don't, is no. it? I don't know. Well, I know Edward but... James Olmos is in Blade Runner. Robocop. Yeah, Robocop is in Sons of Anarchy. No, I don't know. If I say the term handsome Jack. He wasn't. Really? Oh Charlie Barosky is Robocop. No. Of no, course he is. Pete Weller. Pete Weller. And he directs loads of the episodes yes, as well. Of course. Yeah. Every, oh. school day. Oh, that is incredible. We really did not know that. Because yeah. I, I, I remember watching it, and on the credits, before you see him, the credit comes up with Peter Weller, and I'm like, hmm. oh, that's 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 the same name as him who plays Robocop. And yeah. then, as the, then, Bad. see him and go, ah, it's it's Robocop. <laughs> it's Murphy. Really <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, I love it. Anyway, God almighty, I'm sad. But right, okay. <laughs> Back to Les. I know we have to pad out Les Packer, don't we? So let's... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> when you're a good company with nerdiness, so we're all ready to go. Fab, fab. So, Les Packer, uh, President San Bernardino, a charter. Well, I know the first, I think the first time we get to see Les is he actually comes to, I might be wrong on this, but I think he comes to Charming because we only saw him in two episodes, one in one episode, I think, in season six and one episode in season seven. And I think it was a season six one where he comes to Charming having had um, the offer to deal the guns for uh, on behalf of yeah. the real IRA. But he came to Charming because he wanted to tell Jackson person, I would imagine, and he probably wouldn't have got away with doing anything else. But 
to tell him that no, they had voted that down. Um, I'd say I you're correct. Much more about that bit though, but I just remember he came in person to tell him that. Yeah, I want to say that Borowski is the one who owns or certainly runs the criminal underbelly of the docks yeah. up in San Bernardino. And since that's the closest Sun's charter and they're having issues getting them um, further south, the idea was that the Irish ran the guns through San Bernardino to get down to Charming and to distribute them to whoever else needed guns then. I always thought he was in another episode, but clearly he isn't. Do you remember when the charters meet um, and it's when Jax has fallen out with Bobby and they all meet up and what yes, actually Bobby had been doing had been recruiting not. I always thought there was like a big kind of gathering, isn't there? Yes, there was. At a cabin, because they've all got cabins, apparently. Yeah, a log cabin, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I think it was in the middle of season seven. I think, that might have been the, I think that might have been the season six, six bit as well. Yeah. Could be, yeah. It's I do Quinn remember that happening. In, wasn't it? Because I feel like the only time... Yeah, that was Jack's seven. Yeah, it's the Mayhem vote. And yeah. I think, yeah, exactly. And I think before that, um, when we saw them all up with uh, Jury and everybody, and they all got together, that yeah. was when Jack's... Was Jury yes. coming up for San Bernardino? No. 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 Jury was the ones who got patched over. They were patched over. That's harder. But yeah, Indian Jury Hills. Hills. Is I can Hills. see the emblem. Indian Hills. There you go. You are right. The other thing that Packer is... is probably most remembered for is the when he comes to charming once again oh um, yeah mayhem mm-hmm. and to find out what happened between jacks and jury yes and jack slides straight to his face as i remember it oh. he thought jury was involved in some way in tara's murder i can't remember what he'd been told and by whom because that, that that was what everything was about it was about what was going on between August Marx and um, Harold Perrineau's... I can't remember what his character was called, bless me. Um, Damon, Damon Pope. Damon Pope, that's right. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think it was to do with that and how that was... They were blamed in some way for Tara's murder and then Jury's like, why have you done that? So he's like, well, I'm killing you too now because I'm going off the rails and fuck anyone who says no to me. Um, and then when Packer comes to ask why, he just... He doesn't mention the Tara thing, to his crusade or anything. He's just like had to be done he was a it was about his son it was about his son wasn't it i think what happened that they needed extra muscle to take down a chinese drug deal after when jacks thinks that the chinese were responsible for yes killing tara yeah um, and then afterwards they then go around plant some of the the chinese drugs or the, one of the guns uh, and the guns and kill them they didn't yeah. realize it was it was jury's Jury's um, uh, stepson, yeah. or or something like that, or, uh, mm. or son, and yeah, and then then that's how all that that unravels. Um, and I'm not trying to jump too far ahead. I find find Le- Les Packer really quite a he he knows what's going on because I think he's the, striking. He is, and he he takes Jacks to one side because he knows that he knows that Sam Crow would never vote mayhem for jacks if unless jacks he says that you got to make sure this that they vote the right way because yeah it could mean it could have meant the breakup of the whole organization if mm. jacks got away with murdering another president another president that so i think there's a there's a bit where i think it's the last time that they speak it's like you got to make sure that this vote lands lands the right way or... yeah that was the second visit to charming wasn't it and that's when jacks actually did tell um uh, well it, yeah he basically told the truth about jury in as much as he spoke to all of the presidents that were there privately and said that it wasn't self-defense and that's when mm-hmm. um les packer you know made it quite it was almost like he was um almost like head of the presidents although i don't know if they actually had that position but he seemed to represent them as yeah didn't he he seemed to have their their sort of you know he'd just sort of look over his shoulders and they'd be sort of nods all round. But he did most of the talking, and that's what they said. Yes, you have to make sure the mayhem vote goes um, the way it needs to go. And yeah, because his club wouldn't do it without him, of course. Yeah, I get the feeling that Sam Dino might have been the second or third chapter that ever was founded of Sons of Anarchy, or maybe that he knew John Teller. I can't seem to recall, but there's. Definitely a Great long history. Yeah, yeah. I know, yeah, I know that Jury is one of the people he remembers John. I mm. don't know whether he was one of the, no, he wasn't one of the nine, was he? No. 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 
And and that... I did think he. I did think that when I was pu- pulling stuff together for tonight, I did think was he one of the first nine, but he, yeah, he wasn't. He must have been. He probably was quite an early. Go back a long yeah. way. It's probably just a patch. Yeah. But that same conversation, um, Jack's agreed to influence his club to vote the right way. And it was that conversation where he said um, that he wanted something in return. And that was to get that unwritten law, as it always was, about having no black members. Yes, I remember that. And that looked around and and they all agreed. So that's where that little bit came in as well. Yeah. I I, 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 I wish we saw more. Of, of of Les Packer, I think. Yeah, I agree too. I like I think it. he was a very calm. He was he, throughout all of it. You know what was a pretty shocking situation. He yes. remained calm. Very. No, just quickly. I, I read a little bit of trivia, which I thought was really funny. I mean, one is, is probably not that interested. Apparently, Packer was known to be very, very anal about about keeping coded records. But this other one, though, the actor himself, um, Robert Patrick Lee. Um, he actually went. It, this is about mines, though. You probably know this one because he actually re- requested, didn't he, to have yeah. his cut changed um, in mines uh, purely as a tribute to Jack Teller, which I thought was lovely. So it was the actual yeah. request to do that. You get the, you got the Reefer, the, the Reefer. Yeah, he, yeah he got the, the, the size um, stitched into his collar. Yeah, as a member of Jack's, oh. and he's quite funny in mines as well. Just was, that would have been the only thing I wanted to add. Um, he shows up in the first episode, I want to say. Um, he helps out during, during a firefight at the Nunez graveyard. So that's between the base town tribe and Mayans MC Santo Padre chapter. Um, and he also shows up in season two when they're dealing with another bullshit MC, so to speak. <laughs> so there's a, <laughs> when I tell you, when I tell you, my favourite line from Mayans MC easily uh comes from riz who's played by antonio jaramillo who's a such a cool guy um messaged me once and the line is what the fuck is a swole boy swole boys is the name of the mc they're a bunch of gym bunnies who operate their mc out of a gym and they're up towards <laughs> Verdu and san Bernardino. and um, he's like i didn't know they were trying to turn themselves into a one percenter biker motorcycle club and they go and basically retaliate against the swole boys for knocking Riz off his bike. Now it's time for us to rate Les Packer against the five regular criteria to get his very own top trump. Just a reminder that the categories are brutality, intelligence, loyalty, street cred, and likability. And we're going to start with Les Packer and brutality. I brought him out at an 81. I had to think a lot about this because there's such a he's features in such a small way but uh, a very pivotal way in both Mayans and Sons of Anarchy and you know being willing to undertake the mayhem vote to execute Jack's Teller is important not just as someone who's you know probably seen him grow up and probably someone who has a deep respect and friendship and history with him but as the son of probably one of his best friends going back years like that's a very brutal thing to do and the fact that he does it with such um almost professionalism, kind of a, a calm and collected authority about him. That's quite brutal to me. Uh, and also in Mayans MC, he straight up kneecapped a guy. So like, <laughs> that's that's my full impression of him. So yeah, I don't, I don't think of him as a particularly merciful character, but very patient and very directed with his brutality. So 81. Yeah, I think it's fair just to say that there's going to be a bit of dramatic license with this one because <laughs> we have to kind of draw there's not a lot of data to go on. There's going to be a lot from gut feeling. I feel a little bit embarrassed about this because I've, although I saw him in two episodes, I didn't really bone up on the character that much. I mean, I, I don't really know much about him. So he's a bit of an unknown quantity. However, listening to what Holly said, I think I'm probably going to go with 70 for that one. I'm, I'm probably h- hiding behind you on this one. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I put him at forty nine. Actually, I, I, again, there's a little to go on with the with the two episodes of Sons, anyway. But I just get the impression, well, well, a he's a president, um, clearly a well respected one. So I, I figured he he can be brutal when he needs to. However, I I also figured he's not brutal. I, I sensed he wasn't brutal just because he could be. Do you see what I mean? Um, I think some of my other scores, or I can sort of. 
pad them out a little bit more. So it, for me, some of them tied together and brutality was one of them. I went for 79. <laughs> I think that's definitely drawn on what I suspected he is capable of as the president of a, a an MC. That's, I can't really give any more justification. I didn't realise he need-capped somebody in the first episode of the Mayan. So hey, when Holly said 81, I thought, you know what? I think I'm on the right line, the right lines here. It's not enough room hiding behind me, guys. Come on, come on, give me some warning. Okay, next up is intelligence. And I would go 65. And I know, I know you don't like fives, but I'm going to go for six, 63. Okay, 63. Yeah, he's a fairly, yeah, he's fairly intelligent. Well, yeah, um, got his head screwed on, I think. I must admit, only because I'd read up on that little bit of trivia and, and his penchant for coded records, uh, I figured this man is intelligent. And also, I do think, from what I've seen of him, he does seem um, a, a pretty intelligent guy. I gave him 92. I was going to say a lower number, but I'm going to bring it up slightly because Wendy makes a very good point. There. So I'm going to say 71. It was at 67, but we're going to 71. I think you're right about keeping organised, coded, specifically that records. That made me think when I saw that. There, there's some smarts there, but also... I sort of look back on what I scored other um, characters from Tation. I don't think he's smart in the same way as maybe Lee Torek is, but he's definitely got his, he's got his shit together. So 71. So I went for, <laughs> for 79 again, and I drew, drew again a lot from, he's the president, and I think I'm giving him a lot of, a lot of credit and a lot of, um, a lot of points because I see president as someone who's reasonably intelligent. I think the way that he dealt with the the the, um, the mayhem, maybe not so much classic intelligence, but some like real emotional intelligence and um, a very calmness. It was kind of like how I would say like, oh, I would like to think if I had to deal with a situation like that, I would have approached it the same way. So I've, uh, maybe I added a bit of the, the my my values into the, into his intelligence score, but I, I gave him um, 79. Okay, next is loyalty. It is, it is. Um, so I brought him out at 97 because I couldn't really fault him for loyalty. Like, I guess the one way you would fault him is saying, you know, he obviously voted for the mayhem thing with Jax and essentially executed another charter member. But um, I think the loyalty to his club and the loyalty to the bigger picture and the grand scheme of things and his sort of sense of um, propriety almost kind of smacks of royalty to me you know I don't think he would have voted for Jax to meet with Mr Mayhem so to speak if it was the wrong thing for the club at large I honestly think he's club and not much else so 97 I brought him out at. I'm going to go 92 uh, again I sort of <laughs> I'm, I'm trusting Holly's judgment rather than my, my own knowledge so yeah 92. Well, Holly, I got exactly the same as Holly, 97. Woohoo! Um, similar sort of reasons, and, and, and in a way, it was kind of ridiculously probably why I sort of lowered his score on brutality, because for me, he was the MC absolutely through and through. Um, mm. And I, I think because of the mayhem vote as well, that, that suggested to me how loyal he was, because... <sighs> He seemed quite a nice guy, to be fair, but that they were the rules and that's what happens. And if you kill another president and Jax did confess that, there was no way out of it. It had no to recourse. be a mayhem vote. There was no mucking around with that. So, yeah, that's why I kind of thought definitely couldn't fault his loyalty, really. Pretty much for the exact same reasons as you've heard. I, I scored him 99, so this is... Um, I just could not fault his loyalty. I think that it always seemed to be in the right place. Um, so when he voted, so when his charter voted down the the guns, yeah, that he, you know, he was loyal to the decision made by by his charter. But he and he came and was loyal enough to come and tell Jacks in person that this had happened. Then the whole making sure that basically Sons of Anarchy didn't fall apart. Um, because of the, the, the murder of Jack's McKillen jury. Again, two episodes. He represents so much that was really positive about about Sam Crow and, and um, about about the, the MC. I just really really liked the guy, which 
kind of my jump ahead to my score <laughs> at the end, but we'll, we'll come to that. So next up is Street Cred. If I saw him just out somewhere, I and he looks like he belongs, if he was wearing the sort of like leather and whatever, he looks like he would be, he would fit into a club. Yeah, he would fit into a member. You feel that he would, he would not be messed with. He, he's got that sort of look about him that you, you wouldn't want to meet you on a tart night somewhere. You know, you look like he, he could hold his own. And so street cred, I'd say 80. I gave him um, 74. Um, I did, I struggled with this a little bit, really, only because I just, I can't, I like him very much and I just figured from the little we knew it was really difficult mm. getting that much of a sense of his credibility I guess but from what I did get I, I figured he was very well respected a well respected president um yeah I could give him a little higher but no I'm going to stick with 74. Yeah I mean I completely concur with what both of you have just said um I brought him at an 85 um again he very much looks the part imagine seeing him in the leathers and you know with the chain on his hip and with the motorcycle he looks every bit the president of an MC and he's got that kind of sunny Barger thing going on as well where he looks like an old weathered mm. well-worn well-inducted member yeah. of the MC you can tell he's been in it since he was probably a very young man so again there's a level of respect that comes with that but in the same vein uh, I mean, in mine, season three, he's it's just been revealed that he's been diagnosed with cancer. So I guess that kind of removes a sense of maybe brutality or being threatened you get from him. So there's something in the age also making him feel a little bit more, a little less threatening, I guess, than some of the younger members of the MC. So I put him at an 85 because he looks the part, sounds the part, walks the walk, talks the talk. But I think he is an old dog and he's on his way out, so to speak. <laughs> Holly... Holly took the score out of, of, of my pad almost so 85 <laughs> for for me as well and pretty much for the same reasons that he's going to have huge street cred for being the president of an MC clearly mm-hmm. really well respected in in the um, in the ranks of the Suns and um, but I think that he's got a bit of a granddad sort of thing going on not a duality a softness to him yeah, he's like he mike ermantrout bit... from breaking bad you know he's a bad <laughs> bitch and he fucks someone up like no question but also you can imagine him reading stories to his grandkids and being a really loving caring member of the family you know family yeah. way yeah that's pretty much the only reason why but it's huge respect for, uh, for the mm. guy and finally likability well, I gave him um, 89. I, I did like this guy. I wish we could see more of him, actually, in Sons of Anarchy. He, he comes over as a really decent man. Um, he also seems like he has a good sense of morality and integrity, which I think is quite almost at odds for an outlaw. I know it sounds really bad, but, I mean, at the end of the day, he is an outlaw. Um, but, yeah, he's, yeah, no, 89. Yeah, I mean, again, I've gone back to the Tim test this week, which is, <laughs> would I have a drink with them? Would it be a good time? Yeah, I think he'd be a really cool guy to have a drink with, maybe play a match of snooker at a bar somewhere and just ask him about his life and all the interesting things he's been up to. Yeah, he seems like um, a reasonable guy, an interesting guy. You're right, he has integrity, he has that kind of outlaw code. Like, he's yeah. ev- everyone loves an outlaw, you know, he's got that kind of charm and swagger about him where it's like, I know he's doing bad things, but you know what, he kind of looks cool doing it, so I'm going to give him a pass just this once. So yeah, nine, it's uh, 89 for me. Hey, snap. Yeah. That's twice we've snapped tonight. <laughs> Same wavelength. Uh, I'm going to ask you two to shove your asses up on the bench so I can <laughs> sit down next to you. Because <laughs> I think he'd be good to have a drink with as well. Yeah. <laughs> Love it. 93. I'd buy a round, I think. Yep, so I went for, for 94. I, I just had a lot of time, a lot of time for, for Les Packer. Love to go for a pint with him, hear his stories. I don't think he'd be out for a late night. I don't think he doesn't look like <laughs> come back to the, <laughs> the granddad vibes. I don't think he's up for a late one, but I think definitely go out a few. Last train home, he'll be happy with that. Yeah, good time, not a long time. Yeah, exactly. Great. So the ratings for Les Packer came out at Brutality 70, Intelligence 76, Loyalty 96, Street Cred 81, and Likeability 91. It's a strong card. He is a very strong card. In this special end of season episode, you don't just get one character. We're discussing two characters. Up next is head of the Nords, Ernest Darby. Wasn't Sam Crow. It was my filth killed my guy. Have your statement. 
We'll look into your accusations. Accusations? Arrogant piece of shit. <laughs> Put him in holding. Oh, yeah, that's right. Arrest the white guy. Let the wetbacks and coons shoot up whoever they want to shoot up. Oh, hey. You do know that I'm married to a dark-skinned woman, right? I know that. So, Darby, or as we find out when that immortal line, when Gemma calls him Ernie, we find out his name's Ernest. Um, Ernie Darby is not quite as scary as the Darby we see at the beginning of Series 1. So we first meet Darby quite early on in Sons of Anarchy. Series 1, he's one of the main kind of antagonists, isn't he? So between mm, him and Josh Cole, mm. or, yeah. or really getting at the, uh, trying to get at the Sons. It starts <laughs> off when we first see him is that following Wendy's um, little incident with, with a bit of meth at the start of um, quite a quite a brutal introduction of Wendy and Sons mm. of Anarchy, isn't it? When she's lying on the kitchen floor. Well, Talk it was what started, Darby. wasn't it? When Jack's uh, found out how Wendy got a hold of the drugs um, mm. from, a, from a Nord, wasn't it? And uh, and that actually, that was a really brutal scene when, when Jack's left the hospital and tracked that guy down in the bar. Um, he was pretty brutal. Oh, the pool cue. Yeah, I mean, yeah. he completely lost it there, didn't he? They, yeah. They sort of let him do it for a bit, then they pulled him off eventually. But and that was, but I think that's when they, that's when we then saw Darby because uh, Jacks and Co really went and um, found Darby and warned him, warned him hard that there were to be no drugs and you know, remember there are never any drugs in Charming. So um, I'm, I think I'm going to correct you there. I'm thinking and I might have this wrong no please call me on it if I do yeah. I think Darby and Alvarez are the first characters we see in Sons of Anarchy I think they're sitting on a park bench yeah Darby the first, yes, in the first that, minute gets warmed think, off he does mm. go to see Alvarez that's Right. Yeah. I thought that was right. That to start picnic the bench gets a lot of gets a lot of, <laughs> of time on on the yeah. film. Yeah, it's quite a few episodes where you see that. Yeah, and I thought that was really together. interesting because right from the get go, I was like, "What is a fascist white supremacist doing sitting down with a Hispanic man? Like, yeah, why are they? Was, why yeah. would you bother?" Yeah, yeah, he was really yeah. hacked off then, and he he really was hacked off with this, uh, the sons, mm-hmm. and he knew that the Mayans were. So um, it was quite a good move, actually, to go and suggest that they team up. I don't think Alvarez was particularly over, overawed by that, if I remember. But... No, because no. I, I think they met in prison, which is another weird how their paths yes. crossed in prison. They were. Crikey, that God only knows. Mm. Um, then when you look at for the series two, that he's... It's it's just the same as Zobel, isn't it? That he's willing to he sees past the colour when he can get money, yeah. doesn't he? Yeah. But where yeah. Weston, you know, we know what hap- we know what Weston's attitude was. So it was a case that he was definitely he was leader of the Nords, which yeah. So Nords Nordics. I don't know how much you're aware of this. I'm about to go full nerd. So I'm big into my classical civilization and kind of history and that kind of stuff. In Norwegian Nordic Nords paganism there are some ideas of like viking purity of blood and the whole kind of Aryan thing so you can think you know you think of scandinavians uh, you think of the pale complexion you think of the blue eyes the long blonde yeah. the sort of strawberry blonde ginger hair so there are some inferences towards racial purity and the superiority of the Aryan complexion in some pagan practices which is where the nordics nords take uh, their kind of ideology and take their name from and it's still a, it's still an issue today in lots of sort of pagan, um, Nordic, uh, polytheistic practices and worship where there is still the issue with sort of fascism, supremacy, mm. colorism. It's awful. So that's where that comes from. And it is an MC, I believe, as well, Nordics. Yeah. <laughs> and yet, if they if they're so against drugs, why do they all smoke marijuana? It is funny, isn't it? But then again, like, yeah. why, do we, why do we all think of ourselves as, you know, better, sober people, even though we drink alcohol? Yeah. That's exactly. even worse for us than marijuana. It's like, it, it, yeah, well, it's a strange I situation. Yeah. And I think it's like shades of legality, isn't it? That some drugs are bad, some drugs are yeah. good. So I mean, we could go on all day about the criminalization of addiction and drugs. Yeah. And... <laughs> yeah, and then look at how they treat Lowell Jr., who mm. has got a severe addiction to yeah. thought that if their opinion of drugs was so... I think for me it's about what 
the drugs bring to the to charming more than the drug itself the drug itself but mm. we'll, let's get back to derby yeah because he wanted to sell uh well or deal uh, produce yes. whatever meth in charming mm. that was what he wanted from alvarez um and he wanted alvarez support because he knew alvarez couldn't stand them because of the gun trade you know mm. he was taking i suppose sons were taking the gun trade away from the mines in, in many respects i suppose so you know, they thought they had a common interest. But I don't think Alvarez went for that, actually. Um, he didn't want to take them down, but he did offer security. He did offer to to protect um, the Nords to a degree. At that stage, anyway, it got worse. Yeah. <laughs> mm. A lot worse. And there's a bit that I'd forgotten about when, and I can't remember the line, I'm going to have to look it up, where, um, I think it's in series one as well, that, that Darby makes a comment about Unser's wife. And That's right. Yeah. He makes something quite a disparaging comment about. It's a throwaway line. It's yeah. Is she? Oh. Yeah, yeah. Oh, she was Mexican or something. She certainly wasn't uh, white. She wasn't That's... white. So I think that just that's how like ingrained his racism was. Except, but he's got he hasn't he got Jewish heritage as well because he, he's got. Yeah, I think that is because when there's some. Um, there was something when we're going back to last the last week's episode with Hector. He goes to Lumpy's gym because Lumpy was he's got a, a Holocaust survivor mm. got a tattoo and he was talking Ernest and Ernest he was saying it, no, I think because he his mother or a relative of some description relative yeah, and so Lumpy sort of basically got the better of him and. Sort of brought him, brought him off the edge. So yeah, Derby always he kind of seemed like he wanted to be a big player, but never. He didn't really seem to have the wits or the or the strength in numbers, or because you know he always seemed to be working on with limited crew. Um, the most apathetic fascist supremacist I've ever seen. Yeah. He seems like he had a lot of hate, didn't he? And yeah. it just seemed that he was he was was he a more an annoyance, do you think, than I than think a, so. I think than a big player. I think also he is quite he was getting on a bit, wasn't he? he was quite, I think he was quite old because what what his um his profession was something to do with furniture. Oh, was he a carpenter? Yeah, or... carpenter yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, he was supposed to do with furniture. Think... He's got a he had a workshop. A Jewish well, I, mean, I was I, gonna say there's yeah. something there, isn't there? There's yeah. that can't be by accident. Is that a... or was it a furniture restorer? Something like that. I, I think, think it, it was a furniture restorer. Yeah. But uh, I, I suspect that in his heyday well his his sort of heyday, he was one of the real sort of diehard mm. crew of like the skinheads and but I think over the years he sort of mellowed sort of fair fat fair fat and 40 you know sort of got, got old well basically he's sort of got grown old and and hasn't really kept up with things and sort of just relied on the drug trade that he got himself mm. going yeah maybe we're jumping ahead too far here or i'm jumping ahead too far here but he eventually leaves the the nordics he eventually goes his own way yes, he, he wants nothing to do with them and i think yeah, he's he the only one who his... walks away if memory serves from that kind of yeah yeah with his Mexi- Mexican girlfriend. Yes, one of the uh, yeah Hispanic ladies who was working for him at the yeah. factory. He ends up, I think, getting married to, which is an yeah, interesting. Yeah, place. I'd love to know more about that because that's bizarre to me. Mm. It is because, especially when I think there's a comment, another comment made that, what does she think about the tattoo? Almost because he's still got all yeah. of his yeah, um, the swastika. swastika he's he was still alive. His character, isn't he? Yeah. Or did he die? I believe he survived. Yeah, Don't, I think he's survived. Yeah, he's gone. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. going, I was a bit forward. We've kind of gone through the. Um, we talked a lot about Derby, and when we talked about AJ Weston, it haven't yes. so that, 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 that a lot of that story is entwined, and the the bit at the end it talks about how um, how he then comes back to help help Sam Crow again at the end when he takes him to the, the Gerber's ranch and that's right they get 
we get caught. Yeah, he gets called um, a, a race traitor as well because of, yeah. of his wife. Um, and he, he never doesn't have very good, does he? So I remember, um, how does he almost get burnt alive again? I'm trying to. Well, that was at the um... Cara Cara. He burnt down the porn studio. And I think it's, I want to say it's... Well, that was his Western, Western masterpiece, that was, because yeah, they, yeah, yeah, they yeah, yeah. Darby in uh, Hook, Line and Sinker on that one. They had just no, left him to burn. Mm-hmm, they wanted him dead, but he didn't really, he couldn't see, he didn't see that. No. <laughs> he survived. I mean, when you put him up against AJ Weston, I don't think he's as... Staunch. As, I don't think he's as... He's not as hateful. Um... Die hard as, as AJ Weston, so he's probably not, you know, he once was, but maybe not. Anymore. And it was interesting because Weston had no time for him at all. Well, at least he didn't seem to respect him at all, did he? Because he made comment about that um, swastika tattoo he had, and uh, you don't deserve to wear it up because you need yeah. to earn it. Yeah. And you know, <laughs> they clearly didn't like each what other. What a bizarre statement! Like. Yeah. But nevertheless, it was Western, wasn't it? I don't know if we're jumping around a little bit on this. That's the only problem. But Western actually gave Derby money to set up a meth lab in Charming, uh, knowing full well that would uh, create merry hell with with Sam Crow, which which obviously it did. Mm. Is that the one that then Opie got videoed blowing up? Yes. Yeah. 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 It is his relationship with everyone is a bit weird. It's a bit wishy washy. A bit doesn't know whether he's coming or going here or there. Really. I think like the, ta- the tattoos willing... really give it away, but I don't think that he. I don't. I don't think he wears those tattoos with a lot of pride. No, I don't think he does either, and I think that's why yeah. Weston makes the comment. Yeah. But yeah, he seems very willing to work with you know Alvarez and the Mayans. Yeah. He's willing to protect the sons in prison. He eventually goes and marries a Hispanic woman, and he has yeah. a lot of work working for him. And he just and that you can yeah. just see the contempt on Weston's face when he enters. You're right. Yeah, yeah. He doesn't like the fact that he's got Hispanic people involved anywhere in the process when it comes to manufacturing um... the meth. It's yeah. It's a very I reckon there was more to his character that probably got cut because of like screen time, budgets, contracts, whatever. Yeah. But I think I think there's probably more to him than we got to see on screen. Okay, I think still back in season one, there was that scene with uh, Gemma and Darby outside the hospital because um, Darby's outside sitting outside because his mother is in there. She's dying of cancer. She is. And then I remember Gemma. She just joked with him. Because um, Gemma, as her character, is, is, is part Jewish, has got some sort of partial Jewish heritage. Eastern anyway. European Jewish heritage, yeah. so Irish and Jewish, which is... So, it was, you know, but you could tell... I mean, that was the other thing, I think, that came out, not only of that scene, but I think at other points during uh, the times when we saw Darby, in about 14 episodes it was in total, wasn't it? So he clearly had something for Gemma. He liked yes. Gemma. Mm. There was yeah, a lot vibe there, wasn't there? And she made that funny comment when they were both sitting outside um, the hospital. Uh, I remember she had Abel, didn't she, in the in the pushchair, and they both had they were both smoking. About he said something about um, because his mum was in there, sadly dying of cancer, but that being who he was, but she was likely being cared for by Jewish doctors. It was a very mm. strong That's that the, right. the Jewish doctors looking after mm. her. Um, yeah. which if I remember he sort of laughed at oddly enough so yeah he's such a complex yeah. character do you think that Darby was um, I don't think it's ever said explicitly do you think he was similar to Jack's David Hale like born and raised in Charming yes I think he was but uh, he probably got sidelined because of his allegiances to the to the Aryan Brotherhood yeah, that's not clear in it, is it? But you no. said the familiarity, whether some sometimes yeah. not a nice one, but it was certainly there. I don't know if there's anything ever that suggested they it stretched back to school days, but I don't know. Yeah, I don't know about school days, but I think you're right when you made those observations about Gemma, where there's clearly a history there. Like she's not just going to be. Sorry, joking this... around with some it's kind of. They've all known each other a long yeah, time. Yeah, yeah, you can tell because of their kind of dynamic that there is prior kind of a relationship there you There's know whatever that intimacy is intimacy of some kind isn't there it may, it may not mm. be romantic or anything like that but there's definitely been emotional they've definitely intimacy. had conversations that mm. were more than just passing in the street or yeah like that. there's familiarity mm-hmm. he, yeah, he kind are. of vanished doesn't he after the fire you don't see him for ages mm. 
and then he comes back with his I was going to say macaroni face, but that's oh, terrible. That's a bit harsh. <laughs> Lasagna that's face. Bit... Like, so I'm so sorry. That is a bit harsh. And then... He drops in and out at very pivotal parts of the story, it seems. And then following the the um, the lumpy incident, I think that's it for quite mm. a while until... Until season six or seven. Yeah, but don't forget, Josh Cohn got involved in... in uh, still <clears throat> A hell of a lot happened in season one, actually, because it was Josh Cohn that gave him uh, gave him information um, about the Suns, uh, or specifically with their dealings with the True IRA um, and their weapons deals. And mm -hmm. and that second meeting with Alba is probably that part bench again, which I believe it was. Um, and he gave that information or showed that information to Alvarez and told Alvarez, I don't know if you tell Alvarez to do anything, but anyway, the suggestion was to kill Clay. And then the Nords could have Charming, this was um, how Darby saw things, and the Mayans would get uh, the gun business. And that's what led to Alvarez getting his son an essay to uh, kill Clay and Darby though. So Darby didn't see that coming, but his son screwed up both of them. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, and then um, Happy Kills Isai, yeah. They, they broke, Darby hid in his own house, didn't he? Because they burst in and shot everyone up. So all those girls and the other people that were in Darby's mm. house died. He was hiding behind in that kitchen bit or behind his sofa, whichever it was. And mm. then he ended up coming out through the front door. Yeah. And then Clay, but it was Clay that warned Darby against retaliation because mm. understandably he probably was, was hell-bent on it um, because he wanted, and that was a, probably a sensible move by Clay because he wanted to avoid all-out war on the streets of Charming and they were always trying to prevent that at all costs. But that story went ran on a bit, didn't it? That sort of went off on another Ooh. tangent with Clay and Alvarez. Happened after that, and I think that was Western. That was Western. Just I think that moves into season two after that. Then yeah. with Western yeah, giving him the money to set up the meth lab and all that business again. So what I was going to talk about is there anything really redeeming about him? And it, it, I, I find it difficult because he's such a yo-yo of a character that. I'm not quite sure what he's going to stand for. He's a bit of a wet wipe. See him. <laughs> a bit of a wet wipe. Tell me more about him being a wet wipe. <laughs> you know, people can be dry or wet. He's just a bit floppy. He's a bit all over the place, a bit non-committal. But when he's non-committal, he's non-committal to quite violent things. Like, I can understand an apathy towards getting involved in gangs, but I can't understand an apathy towards being involved with white nationalism or gun running or murder. You know, it's a very strange kind of state of affairs where he's not quite sure where he belongs. It feels like a, a teenager who's kind of out of his depth and doesn't really know what he's supposed to do next. You know, it's mm. like he left school and he's like, fuck it, join a gang. I just, yeah, I just... I guess he gets points for eventually leaving the white nationalist group, but even so, he doesn't seem to express much regret or remorse for the things he did while they were with him. He's like, yeah, I'm not part of it anymore and I don't want to be part of it, but he doesn't seem to be trying to make active amends for his actions and stuff. So, and I think for me as well, like if I knew someone had ever been involved with some kind of like nationalist, supremacist, racist, you know, fascist group, I don't think I could forgive them really it's just it's so not aligned with my personal values you know it's I can't imagine befriending someone who had the capability to be that dehumanizing and inhumane to others I think there were two points for me out of the whole of his, all his appearances where I thought okay he's not all bad um the first one being where he took the money from West uh, sorry from uh, Jacob Hale to um, go and, so we say, talk in inverted commas to Lumpy. But you could see that there was no way he was going to physically rough him up. He wouldn't and he couldn't. And that's when um, I, I kind of liked him for that, that he walked away from that and he threw the money back at Jacob, said, find oh. someone else, it's not happening. And the second time for me was after, towards the end of it all, actually, after he had walked away and, and retired, as he put it, from, from his criminal life and concentrating on his on his business. and. But when the sons went to them, you know, he, he, he did agree to help them and show them where Gerber was and what have you. And actually went with them. But it was, it was, it was after that because the sons knew that he then brought himself out into the fore again and he was now exposed. He was effectively a target. And they offered to protect him. They offered, the, the motorcycle club offered to protect him. And he said, 
no, I'm going this alone. And they were the two points. If, if I could respect him at any time, those were the two points. Um, not much else, but those two, I thought, yeah, he had some credibility there. That was quite late on, wasn't it? With that that was very late on, yeah. We didn't see, see him after that, really, once he'd made that decision yeah. to look after himself. It's like he kind of grew up, wasn't it? Yeah. I, yeah, I, I suspect that something... I think he's pretty much on the fence as to his his allegiances, his beliefs. I think something... I don't believe that people are born... I mean, white nationalists, it's, it's pure hatred. Mm. It's driven by hate. And I don't think... People aren't born hating. And I think something happened to him early on that turned him... that, that put the hate in him. And I think that something turned him and made him go in one direction. And I don't think his heart was in it. I think he 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 looked the part. He might have talked the you know talked the talk, walked the walk, but I don't think his heart was really in it. And I think later on he realizes that maybe, you know, I, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna keep with this. And he sort of came out of that sort of group and he just decided to go the other direction. Ernie Darby, big Ern, Ernest Darby. Is there any kind of final comments, final thoughts? Obviously, he's not a minor character because he appears a lot more than some of the, I guess you call them a supporting cast or like guest stars. Um, but I think because of his kind of uncertainty in himself and in his character, maybe the undeveloped elements, I don't have any particularly strong opinions other than fuck any white nationalist racist arsehole you know that's pretty much where it comes down to for me but yeah I do think there's complexity there that could have been explored I think there could have been a whole exploration of kind of the idea of the alt-right sort of pipeline and accidental involvement with kind of radicalization and all that kind of stuff I feel like what we see of him I'm not particularly fond of him i'm not particularly motivated or impassioned about him either so that's kind of where i stand i i, I get that i get that and there's there's a bit of us that makes me think and again could get right in the nord series one um that you know because of his almost non-committal to to his cause and sort of half in, half out. Was it something that was in, like, was it through prison culture? Was it through like a need to survive in prison that he had to um, adopt the views and show quite openly? Yeah, all his alliances. Where his alliances were. Yeah, great, great word. Thank you. Out of his depth was just something that that he seems throughout until the end when he looks like he's comfortable. He's Happy in his little little pinny doing his um, yeah. or whatever it is. Yeah. Um, with his little his artisan, little cottage yeah. yeah. I'd like to know more. That's kind of where yeah. I stand. Yeah, a lot of these characters fall into that category, yeah. I think. What put the hate in him? Although he's not in very many episodes, he, you know who he is. You, you know he's you, you you don't sort of the minute he's not he's not on screen, even though he's, if he's discussed. You know, he's very much a you know part of, is. of the show. Yeah, yeah. very much a part of the fabric. Mm. Yeah, yeah, and that makes me also think that he is part of Charming and has been for years. Yeah, yeah definitely history there. That's very familiar, sure. isn't it? Well, I never really could get to the bottom of, and again, it comes down to the fact he he needed his own storyline or something here. Is that he goes to massive lengths to destroy Sam Crow? I mean, even you know, by going to Alvarez not once but twice. Um, you know, he really wanted them out of the picture. It was personal. Yet, he helped them. When he was pushed, he might not have wanted to, but he seemed to roll over real quick. Um, and, and he helped them at some crucial moments as well, to the point that they offered to protect him. So the whole thing was most bizarre, that entire storyline. There was a lot there that we, we will never know. And now it's time for us to, for the last time in series one, is to rate our character. So that we, who we are rating right now is Ernest Darby, head of the Nords, part of the, or formerly part of the Aryan Brotherhood, and now Carpenter to Charming Royalty. Um, 
as always, the four, the five categories are brutality, intelligence, loyalty, street cred, and likability. So we'll start uh, off with brutality. Definitely in the 90s. Um, I'm going to go 99. And the reason that I'm not going to treble figures, the 1% is redemption. I think he was he's a redeemed character. I pitched him at about 67. I don't know. I think of Derby brutality. Yeah, my God, he, he knew how to be brutal, but I... I can't put him in. I, I think of him and then I think of, say, AJ Weston. They just don't seem to be in the same ballpark to me for some reason or other. So mm. I, I don't think he's he's as brutal as some of those other characters. I think he can be, but I think he steps back quite a bit. I don't think he can be asked half the time. But <laughs> what it is with him. Um, no, 67. I pitched him even lower still. I pitched him at a 49 because I feel like he doesn't act out of brutality because, you know, like, A, he doesn't, it doesn't appear to enjoy it. Mm. B, he doesn't seem to come up with these brutal plots on his own. It's always someone else over his shoulder telling him what to do. And, like, see, when I think about some of the brutal scenes in Sons of Anarchy, like, scenes with Ernest Darby don't rate that high. Like, there are much more brutal scenes and there are much more brutal acts perpetuated by the Sons of Anarchy. Like, so, yeah, no, I, I put him at 49 because it's just, he doesn't really rank up there for me in terms of brutal acts. Brutality with Darby. Um, I went for 37. I can't recall any scene where he is brutal. He planned for it, you know. He, you know, he was very, very hell bent on getting Alvarez to kill to kill Clay, not to do it himself, though. I noticed, yeah. So I went for for 37. So uh, mm. quite a quite a low score for, for me for brutality. Next up is intelligence, and I think it's Wendy. He's funny on some of these. I put him at 62 because I, I I think he was more lazy rather than non-intelligent. Mm. But he, I mean, Holly's absolutely right. You know, everything he did or a lot of what he was doing, he he, he kind of was almost taking orders in a way. Um, although some of the stuff he was trying to get Alvarez to do, you know, that was definitely coming from him. He'd obviously thought that through. So a little bit conflicted there. But I think, I think yeah, fairly scored in my, in my opinion with 62. Yeah, again, intelligence because of, because of the way he just seems to get caught up in things, he doesn't strike me as a particularly assertive guy. Like I don't feel like he even really knows his own mind, you know. Uh, so I put him at thirty-one, and just to like, um, you know, caramel what Wendy said there, like taking orders. I, I hadn't realised until this exact moment, I'm making connections here. It, it's very Nuremberg, isn't it? Just men following orders. It, you know, he's. Uh one of these people who I don't think would take accountability for his actions and his involvement with the League of Nationalists or with the AB or with the Nordics or whatever kind of supremacist movement. I think he's not particularly clever. And because of that, he's easily indoctrinated and easily swayed and easily manipulated. So 31. I'm going to say 50. I, I came into this with one opinion of Derby. And then hearing what you say, I think he will, maybe I got it wrong. So I'm going to sort of say, he, he's, not, he's not stupid, but I think that he's probably not very well, not very, not well informed, but I, I think he's, he's too easily swayed by things, by people. I'm going to say 50. Um, and I went for 29, so similar to, to, to Holly. I didn't think he's got much going on. He just seems to wander, be wandering into things, and didn't get. I didn't get the impression he was very clever man at all. Loyalty again because of how wishy washy he is. I couldldn't. I couldn't really rate him highly. I put him at two because he doesn't. Oh. <laughs> I mean, this is it. I can't think of any particular time that stands out where I think, oh yeah, he's a loyal guy. Like he he hops from mines to sons depending on you know what he can get from each of them or whether they're fighting or not. He's kind of in with the AB and the Nordics. He's kind of not. Bit of a fair weather friend. He, yeah. Yeah, well put. Yeah, no, he yeah. just doesn't seem to have any particular loyalty to any particular group of people or any particular ideology even, or even to himself. I just, I can't see him ever really laying down roots. He strikes me as the sort of person just kind of eddies through life kind of carelessly, like 
picking up opportunities and kind of not in like a you know accepting opportunities as they're presented more of a just blowing in the wind and kind of taking it as it comes rather than actually making any plans for himself yeah no I just there's no loyalty to jobs to friends to family that I can tell so two I'd say 20 I mean the thing I think about with, with Derby is I look at him and I just see the tattoos I don't I see them the shaved head I see the tattoos I see the vest and I just see skinhead whatever you want to call it you know racist thug yeah I think he he's probably he was what in one one day he probably was a lot more loyal to the the cause or whatever he belonged to mm. 15 I'm gonna say not not much I put him up a bit higher I put him up about 46 and the reason for that is I think if he was loyal to anyone he was probably loyal to himself um and what I did like about as I say I come back to the couple of things here the one is the um the lumpy thing um I yes. think you know, he wasn't loyal to Hale. He wasn't loyal to anybody, but he was loyal to his own belief. And there was something there uh, that I quite liked. And also the fact, um, should anything have happened with Gemma, if he'd have been involved, if he'd realised that Western was, you know, and they were going to do what they did to Gemma, I have this real feeling that uh, he would have been loyal to Gemma. I think he would have he would have sided with the sons. He would have got them involved to stop it. I, I just feel that that storyline ever played out. There was something about him that struck me. There was loyalty to loyalty to be had. I just don't think we saw it very much. Okay. I don't know where I got all that from. It's more gut feeling than anything else. <laughs> Other debate. Interesting points. <laughs> I went for I went for thirty five, so a little bit lower than Wendy, but higher than than. So the, for me, that was driven by a couple of things. One was the um, was the the lumpy piece. The second was um, that I think if you get tattooed, race hate tattooed on you, there must have been at some point some loyalty. Whether that was superficial or not that's still that's a way to commit as um lee Torek says to otto you wouldn't um, believe the amount of people i know who got tattoos for no good reason that's oh, that's my only counterpoint oh no fair <laughs> enough fair enough and the third one which we may have overlooked a little bit is that he is loyalty to his wife and that he, he married somebody who was completely against what everyone expected um i think if it wasn't for his wife he wouldn't have helped sam crow because the sort of the risk that that that, that his wife may have faced so i just think there was something yeah. there so 35 i went for loyalty street cred street cred uh again the same with, with weston if you're in um he's got street cred in a racist environment if he was in a if he was in a, like a, a bar that was sort of those sort of type of people whatever you want to call them deep south or whatever he would fit right in you, you can see the like the, the the confederate flags and whatever that sort of yeah. environment he would fit right in in charming you just I, I just can't see to get past the fact that you look at him and you see what you see one thing you don't really see what's inside him, what's inside his mind. Mm. Maybe he's not, maybe he isn't his tattoos. You know, maybe he's one sort of person that's, that hasn't come out. So I'd say, I'd say 50. Half cred in the right, in the right conditions. I gave him 34. Um, I think there is some street credibility there. It's, it was so difficult. You have to try and put yourself into another sort of mindset because everything he stands for, that character stands for rather, is just so abhorrent to, <laughs> you know, to me and I'm sure to all of us. But, um, but as Lee said, within his own ilk, if you like, I reckon he does have some sort of, uh, he does have some sort of credibility. I did struggle with that, to be honest with you. And I thought 34 was probably a little bit high, but I will stay with that. Yeah, I came in lower. So 21 is um, my score. And to take from what you said, Tim, like I, I, I think I agree quite strongly with the idea of his superficiality. I think the tattoos are very much just for show. Like, like I said, you know, he leaves the Nordics and he's the only one who does that, leaves the kind of uh, radicalised group 
Um, I think we, I don't think we see anyone at any point in the show other than him walk away from whatever ideology or group or gang, whatever we're going to call it, who they're subscribing to or part of. So I think for me, you know, the street credibility because he's part of it and he looks the part, but even, you know, Weston was giving him shit for like, you haven't earned your swastika on your chest. You're not even, that's, you know, you, you're not intimidating enough. You're not street enough. You haven't earned the right. You're not brutal enough. You're not, you know, criteria enough to be considered, uh, you know, neo-Nazi, fascist, whatever you want to call it. Um, and I don't think he'd necessarily hold much currency in any circles outside of that. Because I think, you know, even criminals have standards, you know what I mean? Like, I can't imagine the son's being like, oh, he's got a swastika, so he's got street cred. Like, I don't think so. I think they'd very much look down on that. I know, you know, Alvarez would certainly look down on that. You know, the Grim Bastards and T.O. would definitely look down on that kind of thing. So, yeah, he's got superficial credibility that probably protected him in jail. Mm. So, 21. Okay, I went for for 29. Very much sort of, you got to take a piece of every answer and put, put it together. So, obviously, being the leader of a white supremacist group does have some, some street cred, but like I think I said earlier, that it, you seem more of an annoyance than than a big shot um, mm. sort of meandering his way so I think he does have some street cred but not not a huge amount not... okay and finally Wendy can you go with likability likability um, yeah this might, this might sound a bit strange but I did score in 41 for this um, and that was four things actually um, again it comes back to um, his decision not to hurt Lumpy which he knew he was supposed oh, no. to do so I, I appreciated that um, I also like the way that he liked Gemma actually we saw a completely different side of him when he was talking about Gemma or to her um, you mentioned Tim um, about his wife and yeah you know to marry an immigrant worker you know <laughs> but Clearly, he loved her so because he married her, and he just and he checked out of that whole neo-Nazi scene. Um, and last but not least, and very importantly, um, when the chips were down, he actually helped Sam Crow. So, just for those reasons and those reasons alone, that's why I gave him forty-one. <laughs> yeah, I came in lower again. Like this is it. It's very subjective this week. Of course, um, it's <laughs> Yeah, no no shade or criticism on anyone else i put him at 17 because i'm like again the tim test if i saw him in a bar with his swastika on his chest i'd be like fuck off don't come near me don't even look at me don't even breathe in my direction so help me god i will glass you i swear to god <laughs> do, you know I, do you know what i mean wow but um you're right he does get kudos for kind of changing his ways quote unquote redeeming himself you know marrying a, a migrant woman who's not white you know there's a there's something there something about his character which shows kind of a will to change a will to improve an amicability something negotiable or malleable words um so yeah i i, I do i do see that there is something redeeming about his character but still like I, I don't think even on my worst day I could ever see myself sliding into the kind of fascist pipeline mm-hmm. and getting tatted up with a swastika. Like, I have so many questions. I, I'd ask him those questions after a couple shots of Jaeger or something once I plucked up the courage to approach some neo-Nazi bastard. But, like, likability, 17. I'm going to go 50. I don't hate him. I don't love him. But I think he's got enough redeeming qualities and enough... That he did or didn't do that put him into my not not wonderful books but fairly good books. Um, I mean, as for if I would have would have a drink with him, I'd I'd probably take him at not face value because I, I'd I try and see past the physical because it, you you just you see the tattoos and you see hatred. I'd want to get to know him and see what made him tick and why he became the way he was i'd be more interested in that and so 50 i actually put 17 as well holly so i went for 17 and i just never i never warmed to to derby just couldn't quite get get on board i think the obviously the racist was racism was quite a 
big thing that could I like using my own test would I go for a drink with with Ernie no <laughs> no I wouldn't um, Ernie okay so for Ernest Darby the scores are brutality 63 Intelligence, 43. Loyalty, 15. Street cred, 34. And likability, 31. Oh my god, that's it. Series 1 is over. So we have... If you've not listened, go back and listen to the rest of the episodes. We've talked about Ernest Darby, Les Packer, Hector Salazar, Trinity Ashby, Lee Torrick, AJ Weston, and Deputy Chief david hale so that's seven characters already seven characters in six episodes if you've enjoyed it give us a five star review on your podcast provider we'd love to hear your feedback ask us questions you can follow us at soauk podcast um, on twitter or you could email soauk podcast at gmail.com Series 2, we will be back very soon with Series 2. Keep an eye on our social media, but there's one thing I need to do, and without these three people, there would be no podcast. There would be a a boring guy ranting on about Sons of Anarchy into into this. It'd be like the guy in the park, or uh, there's a big monument. Yeah, there's a big monument in Newcastle City Centre where they have the religious preachers stand and shouting at people. Oh, like Sneakers Corner in Hyde Park. Yeah, it's, yeah. Uh, they would just be me doing that, going, <laughs> Hector Salazar, what's the point? What a wet wipe! So all I could say is a, a huge thank you to the three ladies that have joined me every week to talk about Sons of Anarchy and for believing in this project. So thank you, Lee. Been an absolute pleasure. Thank you, Wendy. Loving it. Thank you. And thank you, Holly. Thank you, Lee, for putting in the time and the hours and the effort, first of all, to find us and recruit us to this amazing project. And thank you for editing it as well. Like, that's a hell of a task. And thank you to Lee for the top trumps. Like, it's been an absolute blast. So I've loved chatting to you and ben, Wendy and Tim. So it's been fantastic. Okay. Well, well I mean, it is not the end. Long, hopefully. Series that two, is not the come. end. So we will be back. We have got we've got hundreds of characters to discuss. So, so we, we will be back. <laughs> series two will be back really soon. So make sure you subscribe to the podcast to get the first alerts. We're going to look to do a couple of little specials between now and series two. So keep an eye out for those. And of course, we are going to do wheel spin ahead of series two and watch the wheel of names spin round and select so So there is loads still to come but for series one thank you very much and we will be back real soon